Hey friend, welcome to the podcast version of day two Business Street Bootcamp. Hey, if you're visual like me and you want to see the slides and you want the workbook to work through, actually today is a big day for the workbook because we are talking all about goal setting with God. This is a good one and I hope that it gives you not only revelation but transformation and from transformation it blesses you, it blesses your business in ways that you were not prepared for. So goal setting with God, if you've ever wondered what does that look like, how do I actually do that? Am I actually working on the right thing? This episode is for you. And as a reminder, if this is speaking to you, you are liking what you're hearing on the podcast, you're like, I need more of that. I would love a coach and a mentor to be able to guide me in this and help me do these things. The Inner Circle is open for you. It is a monthly membership subscription coaching program where you get to be in the room with other Christian entrepreneurs who are committed to seeking God first and keeping God first. They want to do business with God because they know apart from him, they can do nothing. We would love to see you on the inside. So enjoy day two and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Seek First CEO Podcast, a community for high-achieving kingdom women committed to seeking God first and keeping God first in all we do. If you believe you're called to impact the world through your gifts, then you're in the right place. Hi friend, I'm Heather, teacher turned speaker and your host of the Seek First CEO Podcast. I'm passionate about helping ambitious, servant-hearted women find their worth in whose they are, not what they do. As a certified master neuroscience life coach, I help you connect the dots between biblical principles and brain science so you can take your thoughts captive and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't do surface, so we go deep here and we talk about the stuff underneath the surface because I want to help you get to the source of your heart set and mindset roadblocks so you can have breakthrough by aligning your heart and mind with biblical truths. If your heart's desire is to grow in your relationship with Jesus while fearlessly fulfilling your purpose and calling, then let's open up the word together and see what the Holy Spirit has to say about living your life in flow with him. Are you ready? Then get excited for today's episode. Yes, I'm giving you a lot of information this week, but the point of the information is that so the Holy Spirit can give you revelation. And then the point of revelation is so that you can have transformation, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so as a neuroscience, uh, master neuroscience coach sounds super fancy, uh, but as I was going through it, I couldn't help but correlate scripture to science and what I was learning from the doctor who I went through their program. I was like, wait a second, I've heard that in scripture. And so I just, I want to share this a little bit as we're waiting just a couple minutes for people to pop on, by the way. Say hello when you get on. Say hello um, as I'm seeing. Good morning, Kristen. Yay, Brooke. Hi, Dana. Um, oh, so good. I got to read this real quick. Philippians 2, 14 to 15. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom shines as light in the world. I love that. Dana said she's ready. Yes, as you're hopping on, comment below. Say, I'm ready because God has something good for you today. I don't even remember what I was saying, but I just um, I just want to pray. I already feel, I have tissues behind me. Oh my gosh, I don't, I mean, I feel the presence of the Lord. Um, so I just want to pray. And I'll see 
Lord to do what he wants to do. He's been working in my heart in so many of these same areas that, listen, this is often what happens when you are given a mission, when you are given a message, when you are given an assignment, what God wants to do is God wants to work in you first so that he can work through you. And so often, even in talking about goals right now, it's like, we want to, we want to achieve the goal. We want to get the win. We want to, we want to do the thing and we want the outcome, but sometimes we're not willing to do the inward work. And so as the Lord has given me these topics and I'm getting ready this morning, just, you know, like, Lord, use me, speak to me. And he's like teaching me. And so I want to encourage you, if you ever feel not qualified or you feel like, who am I to teach this? Because God's still teaching me this. Chances are you're like in the right place. You're doing probably the very thing that he's called you to do because you feel unqualified. And by unqualified, what I mean is you need the Lord to do it. Imposter syndrome gets this like, ooh, hairy, scary thing. And I think imposter syndrome is simply showing us that I am desperate for Jesus. I am desperate to do this with the Holy Spirit because no, I don't have all the answers. And if, again, I say it all the time. If my heart is in anything, I've wrestled with what do I call myself? Because yes, I talk about business. Yes, I talk about strategy. Yes, I talk about mindset and all these things. But at the heart of everything that I do, I want to point you back to Jesus. As I posted the other day in uh, the Facebook community, I posted on social Holy Spirit is my favorite coach. And so, yes, I'm a willing vessel who feels unqualified at times, who feels like I'm still learning these things. I'm still figuring it out. And it keeps me desperate for him. It keeps me that imposter syndrome. I actually think is kind of a healthy thing because it puts me in my place. I never get too prideful. I never get too. Um, and yes, there is a confidence that we need to have. And there is a humble um, and not not a not a false humility, but a humble place. It's like, man, God, I need you. And that is my heart for this week, how to do business with God. And today we're focusing on goal setting with God. So let me pray. Um, I just believe the Lord's going to do an awesome thing today as he's already doing it in me before we get started. So God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are in the business of, of changing our hearts and changing our minds and renewing God. You are a God of restoration. So Holy Spirit, I believe you have a work that you want to do in each woman today. Lord, you want to restore restore her back to her original design. You want to restore her back to her original settings, um, restored factory settings that you created us in the image of you, God. And so there are things that we have twisted about goals, about business, about ourselves, about you. And so Lord, I pray that you meet each woman where they are show her what lie she is believing about goal setting and about you and about this business thing that she is working toward Lord, Lord and replace it with your truth. Holy Spirit, I pray you anoint my lips. Help me to say only things that you would want me to say. And God, this is all for your glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Woo! Are we ready for this? <laughs> Those of you in inner circle, you're like, okay, buckle up. Um, it is, I say all this high, man. It is like when you give your business and your heart and your mind to the Lord, um, he will work through you in ways that you cannot even put into words. And so I'm humbled that I am a vessel and I want you to know you are a vessel for the voice of the Lord. That is what we are here to do is to project and to, to use our mouths to share the love of Jesus and to share the heart of the father. And I just know he wants to break some people today away from the chains that have been holding them back. So I did make some notes. I'm going to look at this. Um, yeah, I said that. Welcome to day two. I hope you are ready for some revival in your heart and mind. I actually have the tab. Um, one of my tabs on my computer is the definition of revival because the Lord gave me that word. And I was like, that's, you know, oftentimes we work with marketing people. And they're like, what do you really do? And I'm like, oh, but my heart is to revive 
people's hearts and minds. And so we talk a lot about revival in the church and how we want the world to have revival. Revival starts with us first. It starts in our hearts, in our minds. It starts in our our spirits and it starts in our homes. So I encourage you, yes, we are talking about business, but it starts with you. Business is often the outward thing, right? But what happens on the inside, what happens in the quiet place, in your office, in the secret place with the Lord, those are the things that he often reveals out in public. So I encourage you, if you haven't seen the fruit that you want yet, we talked a little bit about fruit yesterday, keep pressing in, keep seeking the Lord. What I love in, in the gospels, it talks about what we do in secret. God blesses in public. And this is such a big part of goal setting because goals typically are an outward sign of something that's happening on the inside, something that's happening behind the scenes. And it's so easy as an entrepreneur in the, in the social media space to be able to just brag about what you get, what you got, what you achieve. Yet we don't often talk about the struggle behind it. And we don't always want to do the heart work and the mind work in order to be positioned and pruned to be in a place to achieve these goals. So as I was getting ready this morning, I really felt the Lord tell me, Heather, before you get in today's lesson, before you start talking about goal setting and goal setting with him, please remind them of this. I created them to be human beings before anything else. They get stuck in human doing mode, trying to prove themselves, trying to earn things, trying to do all these things. And they get stuck in this human doing mode. And that's not what I created them for. In Genesis, after God created the earth and he created everything in it, right? You can walk through all the different days. At the very end, he said, it is very good. I want you to take a second to think about that. Before Adam and Eve had an assignment, and he said, you have dominion over everything. Do you know that you have dominion over everything on this earth? We are supposed to multiply and subdue it. Do you recognize like that's part of the assignment? Are you doing that? And one of the ways we get to do that is through our business. But before they did anything, God said, it is very good. And yes, don't get it confused. Don't hear me wrong. You have an assignment to complete. Sometimes we interchange purpose and calling. Can I break this down for you? For those of you who maybe wrestled with, I just really want to know my purpose. Your purpose is to be in relationship with God, to glorify him, to worship him. We talked about worship yesterday, Abada, right? To honor him to with your life. You're literally, your life is like God, God created you. He's pleased. He has pleasure in creating you because you were created for, for God's glory. The flowers, the, the, I'm looking at my window pointing the everything in the earth was created for God's glory. We're supposed to worship him, right? And so he's just like looking down. He's like, oh, my, my, I love her and I love her and I love that. And I created everything here just is in, it's a reflection of him. You were made in God's image. And so, yes, we have an assignment. It's God says that before, when we were in our mother's womb, he created us and he had a calling on our lives. Purpose never changes from infancy till death. Your purpose is to glorify, honor, worship, and commune with God, have a relationship with him, not just know about him, but know who he is. Like you can call him up. You can tell him your problems. You can celebrate the good. You can invite him to coffee. It doesn't feel like that weird relationship where you're like, well, I don't know, right? No, like you, it's, it's, we are the bride of Christ. Jesus is our, like our husband and he wants to have that intimate relationship with us. And so, yes, he created you to do things. When you were in your mother's womb, this is the calling part. We got to get purpose first before we talk about 
the calling. The purpose is to worship, honor, glorify, and praise the Lord and be in relationship with him. The calling is one of the ways how we get to do that. And I always think God gave me an image of a tree, a tree, and there's like the trunk and the roots. Like we've got to be rooted in truth and in him. And our purpose never changes. It is that tree trunk rooted and deeply rooted in truth and, and who God is and who we are. And then the branches and the fruit that all comes in our calling. Listen, 10 years ago, I was, gosh, what is, where was I 10 years ago? Listen, I like, I look at high school kids and I'm like, you are a baby. I look at college. I mean, you are a, you are a baby. And I used to think I was so old then, but 10 years ago, what was that? 2012, I was, I was in, I was even out of teaching at that point, but my calling was different in the classroom. My calling was different in the corporate world. My calling was different in network marketing. Everything changed, but my purpose was always to glorify God, right? Whether I was doing that or not is a whole other question. I just want you to get this today. God wants you to be a human being first. Being with him, having relationship with him before you do anything for him. And yes, he created you to do things in your mother's womb. He created you to do good works. And can I encourage you? Actually, he created you to do, Jesus says, I think it's in John chapter 14. I'm reading John right now and it is just wrecking my world and rocking my mind. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will do the same works that I did and even greater I don't know about you, but when I read about the life of Jesus, I see him doing miracles. I see him healing people. I see him setting people free. I see him helping people. Can I ask you, and I want to challenge you, and this challenges me. It's actually the journey I'm on right now. What is healing? How do we, how do we be part of deliverance for people? Um, are we actually doing the work of Jesus? If I look at Jesus's life and I see what he did in the gospels, I am like, woo, water, wine, and, you know, healing people, women, with the woman who had an issue with blood for decades and she, no one could help her. He healed her with just one touch. We don't do anything in our own strength, hopefully, right? Or we're going to find ourselves, right? He says, apart from me, you can do nothing, which is what we're going to talk about today. These goals that you have apart from him, you know, you can do it, but I tell you what, you will end up burnt out, exhausted, overwhelmed, frazzled, and you'll just start want to throw in the towel. We are meant to work together with the Lord. And so, yes, are we actually doing that? And are we doing greater works than Jesus? Listen, if you want more of the greater works than Jesus, join the inner circle because that is like where we're headed. And it's really awesome and exciting. Um, but let's get back to my notes. Before we do anything, God wants us to be with him, to be a human being. God wants you to know he cherishes you, not because of what goals you accomplish. So you are not doing anything for God that like he couldn't do with literally his, his mouth or just probably a look, right? He created the whole wor world and everything in it with his mouth. He doesn't need you to do anything. He wants you to do things. And before he wants you to do things, he wants you to be with him. He looked at you when he made you and he made you in his image. And he says, she is very good. God is pleased with you, not because of everything that you can do for him. And this is, again, a mindset between doing stuff for him and doing stuff with him. Yes, we do it all for his glory. Yes. And we do it with him. And when we combine those two, it's when amazing things happen. I really feel like God is pleased with us like a mother and a father. Any moms here? Drop, drop mama, mama below. You'll get this, right? And if you're an aunt or you're a spiritual mom, you don't really have your own kids, you probably still get this. You're a child. You know, I think of when I birthed my babies, 
then I, 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 when they, when I was holding them in, in my arms, I just looked down at them. I was so pleased with them. There was so much joy. They didn't have to do anything. In fact, maybe some of the times they were crying or I was sleepless and they needed me and all the things. And I still found pleasure in them. I still found joy in them. And I thought, man, they are the most perfect little being. God looks at you like that. His heart is swelling and overflowing with love. Literally, God is the definition of love. And he loves you before you can do anything for him. He just looks at you like that mom or dad looks at their precious little baby and it's like, wow, I want you to let that sink in. Do you know God like that? Or do you see him as an angry father who's ready to catch you in your sin or that you can never do enough to be good enough? And on your own, you aren't, you aren't enough, right? But with Jesus and Jesus said, I choose you. I do it for you. I'll die for you. Before you do anything for God, God wants you to be with him. I feel today is a day of chain breaking, chains breaking off of some of you who have been stuck in performance mode, never feeling like you can do enough or have done enough. You don't ever, you don't celebrate because you know, well, you'll just move the needle a little bit further because that probably wasn't worth celebrating. And now you see the next goal in sight and you're just going to keep going at it. Listen, my heart, my heart aches for you because I was her and I still battle her. But how do I get out of that mindset of performance mode? I get back into the presence of the Lord. So are you ready for today? Before we say anything about doing goals, I want to encourage you to be God's daughter be with Jesus, spend time with the Lord. And again, even our quiet time can become a checklist and not just a checklist of checking it off, but it also can be like, am I, am I good enough? Did I spend enough time in my Bible? Did I read enough Bible verses? Did I do enough? Did I pray the right way? God is not, not concerned about your performance. He is concerned about your presence. Okay, let's dive in. Goals. Goal setting. When I say that, something comes up for you, right? Something comes up in your mind, in your heart. Maybe some of you like had a gut feeling like, oh, some of you are like excited. Some of you are, oh, I hate goal setting, right? I want you to drop in the below. What in the comments below, what comes up for you when I say goals and goal setting? When you think about that concept, drop in the comments below, what comes up for you? Um. Yes, what comes up for you? And it's probably gonna be a little bit delayed and I don't, I don't wanna, um, I got a lot for you to actually, today's supposed to be a little shorter than yesterday, uh, but we'll see, cause I'm like, oh man, um, I intentionally made it shorter and then God wrecked me this morning. We're like, okay, I'll tell them that too. But God, like everything we talked about yesterday, right? Not God, we're talking about goals and God. Um, stuff comes up for you, right? Thank you for being uh, vulnerable, not following through. How many of you ever set a goal and you just haven't followed through? Like you're like, I know it's possible. God's put it on my heart, but I don't follow through with it. And I don't follow through with the things that I know that I, 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 that need to be done. And we'll change that maybe to get to be done, right? Need, have to, should, that's, those are trigger words, right? But the things that I, I, I need to do in order for this to come, right? Direction, how to do it with God. One part, one part excited, one part overwhelmed. Ooh, that could be, an, that could maybe be a good thing, right? That's kind of like that imposter syndrome. I actually don't look at that as a bad thing. I'm like, ooh, that keeps me in check. You all have ideas that come up when I say goal setting. Chances are you've, you've set goals if you're here, right? You've set goals. 
you've probably achieved some of those goals. Maybe you've done a dream board, a goal board, or what I refer to as a prayer board. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and God, God cares about the goals that you have in your heart, right? And you probably have achieved some of those goals. And there's obviously some that you're still working towards. You know that there's more. It's that tension in between I am content with where God has me and I'm dissatisfied because he knows he has so much more for me. That's an interesting place to be. That's where I am at in my life. God is teaching me how to be content in the season that I'm in, knowing that I'm right where he wants me and that I don't have to strive and stress and try to outwork him. And in the same part of contentment, there's that little part of me that's like, you know what? I believe that there's more. And so I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep working. I don't want to become complacent in my contentment, but I also don't want to become discouraged and disappointed in my dissatisfaction. That's a really interesting place to be with the Lord. So if you are there, I empathize with you and I am right there with you. So chances are these goals that you have, right? The biggest thing holding you back from achieving those goals is the F word, fear. And it's usually one of two things. It's either fear of failure, fear of success, fear of what people may think, good or bad, Fear of something, fear of loss, fear of what do I do if I actually get to that place? Fear of never actually fear, just fear. And the enemy uses fear to keep you in fight, flight, or freeze mode. He wants to keep you stuck there. And if you remember, day one, your feelings, they're like flashlights. And rather than shaming them and trying to sweep them under the rug and just like convince yourself that you don't feel that way, Get curious about those feelings. And when you get curious about those feelings, don't just get curious with them and then just acknowledge them. Get curious about them, acknowledge them and take them to the Lord and say, God, I feel this way. And help me see what I'm thinking that this is not of you and exchange those lies for his truths so that he can start showing you his kingdom perspective and what he wants you to see. So the thought of goal setting, Whatever you think about that directly impacts how you make your goals, how you work toward them and how you achieve them and how you set the next one. So my goal, no pun or pun intended, no, my goal for you today is to help you see goals from God's perspective so that you can start setting them and achieving them without stress, without the overwhelm, without the burnout and without the disappointment and discouragement wanting to throw in the towel. This is another one of these topics that I could talk about all day because this is part of the journey, goal setting and, and getting them and not getting them. And what do you do, right? Keeping again, our hearts and our minds in the right place. Um, and I want to take you through an exercise that I actually teach my, my mastermind students, um, my students who've gone through the Made to Flow Academy. And I, I'm actually giving you a portion of what we do and what we work on so that you can set goals with God, knowing that you are working on the right thing. All right, so if you haven't already, check your email. There is a workbook. Today, day two is like heavy workbook stuff. So I'm gonna to try to wrap this up as short as I can so that you can have some time to really spend with the Lord and do this goal setting activity. So if you are here for it, I want you to drop the number one below. Number one, drop it below if you are ready and you're here for it. And I want you to remember that as you set your goals, you are going to keep Jesus First, God first, be a human being before you are a human doing, all right? So God wants to co-labor with you. 
In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, it says, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. I love this verse. I encourage you, if you like this, go look at these different translations and see what they share, but wrap your head around this. God, we are co-workers in God's service. Like Jesus was like, I'm about my father's business. We are co-workers with God in an assignment. And if you look at this word co-labor, what does that mean to you? Co is the Latin prefix meaning together or with. Labor, let's just look at this, labor. I love, I'm going to share three definitions because I love looking at definitions of things. Listen, don't just take things for your own, um, like your own experiences to, to define things. Go look at the dictionary and then go look at the Hebrew, go look at the Greek. It's going to give you revelation. You're like, man, that's deep. And so labor by definition is expenditure of physical or mental effort, especially when difficult or compulsory labor. So that's like the work, right? God wants to work with us. And God created us for work. If you look back at Genesis, Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were created for work. And I shared yesterday, I believe we will work in heaven. Listen, we're not going to be angels strumming a guitar up in heaven, just singing hallelujah to Jesus. And could he, does he deserve that? Absolutely. Uh, he, he could, right? Some of us have a misconception of heaven. We think heaven is just like this boring thing because what are we going to do besides just literally praise the Lord all day? Yes, that is true. We will praise the Lord, but we will praise the Lord. I believe just how God designed it in the garden of even before sin came in, they worked. They had a relationship with him. They had relationship with people. So if you have a misconception of heaven, I encourage you, plug, read the book, Heaven. I'm still in the process of really thick book and it's rocking my world. But expenditure of physical or mental effort, especially when difficult or compulsory. Listen, your business, the task God give you, the goals he set before you, if he set them before you, they will seem big. They might seem difficult. But with him, we know we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? Another definition of labor is human activity that provides goods or services in an economy. You are providing goods to people or a service to people that the world needs. And wouldn't the enemy love to keep you stuck or, or frustrated, whether you're in fight, flight, or freeze mode, keep you in this craziness rather than flowing with the Holy Spirit and producing these good things that he's created you to do for a world that needs what you have to offer. Number three, the third definition is the physical activities involved in giving birth. You guys, I was like, yes, I got to tell that because some of you were called to birth something and you are afraid of the labor pains. Some of you were called to birth something so big. You know, you go to the doctor and they're like, oh, your baby's too big. Um, it might be unhealthy for you. Listen, God's never going to give you an assignment that's too big for you with him. He will give you an assignment that's too big for you with you on your own, but you are called to birth something and the world needs it. And the enemy is keeping you stuck. And how do we get unstuck? Well, we change our mind. We're renewed by the, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we realize, wait, I'm not in this alone. I get to co-labor with the creator of the universe who created everything perfect. It was good. Oh, this excites me. And so if he wants to co-labor with you, he wants to collaborate with you. God wants to collaborate with you in the assignment he's put on your life. There are books in heaven of do you and what God wants you to do. And he's like, yep, I'm going to do this. I want to do this with her. And so, of course, do you think he want to collaborate with you? He wouldn't want to set goals with you. He does. He wants to set those goals with you. Jeremiah 33, 3, it talks about it yesterday, but he says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Listen, John 15, I think it's 15 or somewhere in John. It says, I'm the vine right? You are the branches. God is a gardener. He's a pruner. Without me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Some of you are experiencing fruit that is not of God, and that's why it's not multiplying. 
Let me say that again. Some of you are experiencing fruit that looks good and it's not multiplying and you're wondering why. It's because you are not rooted and connected to the vine. Listen, fruit can come, but God wants to prune us so that it multiplies. God is a God of multiplication. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the money day. God is a God of abundance. So if you are stuck somewhere, I would encourage you to reassess and say, is God really in this with me? Am I connected to the vine, the very source of fruit? My branches connected to the vine, the vine and the gardener. Do you get that? Right. And so God wants to set goals with you so that you multiply and you produce fruit. I look at goal setting like this and listen, I would refer to myself as ambitious, high achieving, go-getter, hard worker. And some of those things were accolades my whole life. People would just compliment me. You're such a hard worker. You know, my dad was a a workaholic, worked all the time. Like I saw that as a child. And so, um, you know, I always also had a lot of issues with uh, working for my worthiness, working for things rather than working from my worthiness and working from a seated in heavenly places and really understanding that. And again, God still teaching me things. But what I have learned is to have look at goal setting like I look at the sand in this picture. I used to set goals and hold them so tightly. And like, okay, if I achieve these things, then I am good enough, or I am considered valuable, or I am considered, you know, whatever it was. And again, I share a lot with network marketing, your company set goals for you. I want to encourage you don't let that make you go after those things if that's really not what God's having you go after, right? Like you have to see your worth outside of a title, outside of a rank, outside of a whatever that looks like. But what I've learned is to hold these goals loosely. And I, next level of this, what I used to do is set goals. And then I would think if I achieve them, God loves me. God thinks I'm worthy. God thinks I'm good enough. God thinks that I'm, I'm able to steward this and he's proud of me. Can I go back to telling you Jesus, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, I love this. God highlighted this to me to really like change my perspective. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit ascended on him like a dove. And this voice came out of nowhere, the voice of the Lord. And he said, this is my son. And depending on which translation you read, it's like my beloved, my son that I love, whom I am well pleased. I share this because of the significance of the timing of this. It goes back to that mama and that daddy just looking down at that baby before they did anything, before they graduated kindergarten or high school or whatever, or achieved that, you know, they got the first goal of the game or hit the first home run. No, no, no. They loved that baby before they did anything. God, the father looked down on Jesus and before he performed any miracle, before he healed anyone, Before he did anything, he said, that's my son. I love him and I am pleased with him. What you achieve in your business is not a direct correlation of how good you are or how um, proud God is of you. And yes, I do believe in order for us to steward the assignment God gives us, you know, sometimes I think we question this, like, I don't know if I trust God. God's like, can I trust you? Are you deeply rooted in truth with a foundation that's solid to actually carry the mantle that I've given you and the assignment and the anointing that I want to give you? And I have given you, right? Some of our jars are full of other junk that we don't have room and the capacity to carry the anointing and the oil that he wants to give us in order to fulfill our assignment. But as you hold these goals loosely in your hand, because if you grip them tightly, guess what happens? It all falls out and you end up with not a whole lot. 
So what I have learned is I tell God what I want. I hold it loosely in my hands. Man makes the plans, but the Lord guides the steps, right? I tell God what I want. I tell God what I think I'm supposed to be working toward. Listen, God gives us free will too. We're not meant to be robots. My son always asks me, but God, why, why did God let sin in? Why didn't he just like kill the devil and get him, you know, just make him not exist? And why did he let Adam and Eve, like, why did he let them do that? I said, because God has free will. Listen, we have 24 hours in the day. We have a choice to spend time with the Lord. I love the verse that says, God is looking to and fro for those who love him. How do we show people we love them? Well, we, we spend time with them. We talk to them. We have a relationship with them. And so as we create these goals, we hold them loosely and say, God, this is what I want. We have free will. And in the process, I believe when we are tethered to the Lord and when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, who is our gift, who Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to go back to heaven. I'm going to send you a greater gift that can be your guide, your advocate. He can correct you in the way of not shame, not guilt, not condemnation, but conviction. How he can be like, hey, like, let's go this way, not that way. Let's renew that thought. That's not, that's not me, right? But we have to be able to hear that voice. Well, how do we hear that voice in our noisy world? We've got to get into the secret place. We've got to get quiet. And we have to learn to, to say, wait, how does God actually speak to me? So I have learned not only does God want to hear our, my heart's desires, but he already knows them and he wants, and he has a plan to co-labor, to collaborate, to make those things of his will come to fruition. When we ask of God and it's in alignment with his will, he's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. It's just oftentimes his ways look different than our ways. His timing looks different than our timing. So what I do now when it comes to setting goals is I write down all of my dreams and I tell the Lord what I want. Not in a shameful way. I don't feel selfish about it. I don't feel like bad, like, ooh, I'm, I'm a bad Christian girl because I'm asking for these things. You know, I think about little kids that, you know, at, for their birthday or for Christmas, they just like, I don't know about you, but my kids circle everything in the, in the book. And they're like, I want it all. They might not even want it. Well, they like say they want it all, right? They don't even know what the toy does, but they want it because it's in the book and it looks good. Or they'll go to the store and they like pick out all these things. Like, I don't know. Actually, my littlest guy, we just did a mommy me day the other day. And he started picking out all the things. I'm like, you don't even know what that is. Do you really want that? I'm trying to guide him and teach like, okay, well, that looks like a junkie toy. I know you're saying you want that, but like, do you really want that? That's how God's with us. God is not upset with us for telling him what we want, but he's also going to guide us in the direction to help us make a good choice and pick the right, pick the right thing that he knows that we'll actually like, that will actually bring us joy and satisfaction. And so as we hold these goals loosely in our hands, we don't grip them too tight and we don't base our worth or God's love off of them, but we say, here's what I want, Papa. Here's what I want. Now guide me and show me and teach me and take me on this journey. Um, I know that if I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says, then all these things will be added unto you. So I know if I seek him first, I tell him what I want with no shame, with no guilt, with no, I'm a whatever selfish person or whatever. And I seek him first and continue to go back to him before I become a human doing and try to work for it. I become a human being and spend time with him. I know that everything is going to be added unto me. 
God's way doesn't always make sense, but can I encourage you that it never disappoints in the, in the long run, it never disappoints. And the enemy tries to swoop in in the in-between of the promised land and the journey and tries to dis- disappoint us, discourage us, divide us, d- make us doubt and all the things. But at the end of it, the promised land is better than we could ever ask or imagine. So we create the goal, we set it and we say, God, here's what I want. Now mold me and make me and show me what you want so that we can collaborate and co-labor together and do this thing. So what are goals? I am a former teacher. And so I love acronyms. God speaks to me a lot in alliteration. And you'll hear that like in my, in my posts or all the things. And so I looked at the word goals and I was like, Ooh, I love this. God, show me. I'm like, Holy spirit, show me what we're doing here. How are we going to break down goals? I believe goals require four things. Kingdom way, right? One goals require God G they require him. And I can, let me just tell you, you can do goals apart from him, but Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And the fruit won't last and the fruit won't be multiplied. Listen, this is how we can see the world doing things, the world's winning, but the world's also often, if you're not rooted in, not often, always, if you're not rooted in Jesus, you're never satisfied. Ask me how I know being the CEO of an eight figure business. And I still wasn't satisfied. Something still seemed missing. Something still seemed off. Something still seemed a disappointment. And like I wasn't fulfilled and there had to be more. And yes, the more was Jesus. And I shared yesterday, but I think it's worth sharing again because it took me years. And when I say years of a healing process of loss and of pain and of God showing me the lies that I had been believing about him, about myself, about other people, God just gave me the phrase, Heather, I didn't want you to lose it all. But in your losing it all, you found my all. Goals with God, kingdom goals require, they require one, God. So we don't ever get too off course. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. He's our guide, right? So we don't ever get too off course in what we're doing. Number two, it requires obedience. I think this is the most underrated thing when it comes to success. Obedience is success. Success is obedience. And when we obey and do what, and this isn't like a, a authoritative, like, wow, you got to do this thing. This is a wait. God's asked me to do this. I want to, I want to, because man, if he's asking me to do it, it's got to be good. And the outcome of it, the fruit of it, it's got to be good. And so I'm going to be, I'm going to obey. Listen, writing my story and writing a book has been one of the hardest things I have ever tried to do. No one's even read it yet. And here I am, but I am, and I've wrestled with obedience. God asked me to write a book a year ago and I tried a little bit, but you know, my efforts were here and there, but obedience is success. Whether anyone buys it, whether it becomes the number one bestseller, whether it becomes, I make a lot of money off of it or not. Like that's not God's definition of success. God said, write the book. I've given you a story, be obedient. Some of you are being, you're defining success from the world standards and you're missing out on God is well pleased with you. doesn't matter if you had a, a, a 10K month. God is pleased with your obedience and your surrender to him. A stands for action. Sum it up in this verse. Faith without works is dead. Sometimes we have the faith to believe that it's all great, but then we don't take action on it. Some of you here are that. You have the goals. You've written the prayer board. You're like, yes, Lord, you can do anything and you can use me. And there's no action to it. That's kind of me with the book, right? It's, it took a year for me to actually like really like try to take action. 
until I kept realizing that nothing in my life was advancing the way that I thought it could be, the way that I knew it was possible, the way that even God said it was going to advance. And he's like, because you didn't complete your last assignment. You haven't been obedient to the last thing I asked you to do. Who here has not been obedient to the last thing that God asked you to do, big or small? And that's maybe why you're not seeing your goals come to fruition because God's like, I had a goal for you that you didn't do. And that's why it's you're struggling in the goal that you're trying to do on the other one that you want. And does he want you to have it? Good, good. There's a good chance he does, but obedience and action go hand in hand. And we've got to do that. And then the L stands for loyalty, loyalty. Are we loyal to God's plans? Or are we loyal to our own hearts? Hearts are deceitful. Don't let the world tell you, follow your heart. Trust your gut. No, 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 no. Follow the Lord. Trust the Holy Spirit who is inside of you, who is created to guide you. And that is going to get you the last word, S, success. God, obedience, action, loyalty to him. And in loyalty, there's trust, right? And that's what's going to get you to success. There was a study done on a group of 900 people over the course of six months to follow their goal setting journey. So they wanted to like study these people and say, how does this work? Something's going on here, right? And what they saw was that most people stopped working toward their goal on, what do you think? They followed them for six months, 900 people. What day do you think most people stopped working toward their goal? Drop that below. Uh, Day two, day two, you know why? Day two required action. Some of you are staring fear in the face and you're letting fear win. Fear of success, fear of failure, fear of people, fear of whatever, fear of whatever it is you're fearing. You're staring fear in the, fear in the face and you are frozen. Day two, 900 people. Most people stopped on day two. All that? Listen, we cannot set goals with God and then just stare at them. We've got to put action toward it. So the difference between a goal and a dream is that a dream, it's simply an idea. And God puts dreams in your heart. But also God has goals for you and that requires action. And I see really women who struggle with like one of two things. One, they struggle with identifying the thing God wants them to do, the assignments. And if that's you, become a member of the inner circle and take advantage of the free bloom Academy course or join myself and one of the coaches on our team, Mandy, shout out to Mandy. She's going to be running a live bloom Academy course. It is to help you identify your purpose and your calling and what God's created you for and to run with it. I see women struggling to how to dream with God. They don't know how to hear his voice. And they're like, is that me? Is that him? And they struggle with knowing that like, I know that I'm made for something bigger, but I just don't know what that is. So that's you. There is help. God wants to make that clear for you. It is God's will for you to know his will. He's not like trying to hide it behind you and keep it from you. And there's work to be done in that, right? There's a lot of different things that you get to do to partner with him so that he can share that with you. But the other group of women that I see, and this might be you more closely, is that you have the goal, you have the dream, you have the idea, but you can't figure out what is holding you back. If you're in network marketing, you know, I use this example a lot because at one, I did it and I work with a lot of network marketers, but even in my coaching business, like I know what I should do, but I just can't, I can't get myself to do it. Maybe you bought a course that's going to teach you how to do X, Y, Z, Pinterest, a blog or whatever. And like, it's step-by-step a podcast and you're like, okay, 
I bought the thing so that I could get the instructions and yet I'm not following the instructions. There's something holding you back. That is my heart's desire is to help you see what is holding you back. Does it sound familiar to anybody? Is anybody like, yep, that's me. I know what I should do. And can I say, stop shooting on yourself. Don't should. You get, you can, you can choose to co-labor with the creator of the universe. I mean, you've ever met someone and you're like, man, they are elite. They are like maybe too good. Um, in network marketing, I would get women that would meet me and they would just, it was kind of awkward to be truthful. It's like, I'd go to these conferences and they'd be like, oh, and you're a teller, a teller. And I'm like, girl, and I tell them all, oh, I'm gonna tell you, girl, I poop just like you. Now, I don't, I don't think God poops. I don't know. But God is like that thing that's over here that like is untouchable. That's not too good for you. No, 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 no. God wants to have a relationship with you. Uh, and not just like kind of friend, surface friends. No, no, no. Like he wants to live life with you. He wants to call him. I get to. Not the things that you should do. No, these are things that I get to do. I get to do this stuff. Did I just say something about God and pooping in a workshop? I did. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I would tell the girls, I just, I poop just like you. We're just, listen, we are all here. There is not any one of us here that is any better. Any has a better assignment, has a bigger assignment, has a more important assignment. No, each one of us, which is why, again, I believe the Lord is telling us, I want my children to learn to work together. There is no level of more importance. There's no level of like, well, she's more spiritual and she's more this and she's, well, she's not. No, God will position us. God will prune us. God will prepare us for the assignment. But every single one of our assignments, yours, mine, it all matters. It all matters. The body has got to learn how to work and function together. Can I get off this slide? Because I've been on here forever. But the brain is wired to keep you safe, comfortable, and familiar. It's a safety mechanism built in you. It's the very reason why most people never achieve their goals because your brain is literally wired to keep you comfortable. That's why they say nothing grows inside of a comfort zone to keep you safe and to keep you familiar. Listen, a goal that is outside of you, a goal that is bigger than you, a goal that is something you've never achieved before over here is going to, like your brain's going to be on alert that that is unsafe. Ooh, let's not do that. Let's not go after that. So your job is to hack your brain with truth. Because when you don't feel safe, you're going to do the fight, flight, or freeze. And this is where God comes in. This is where you get to choose to flow with the Holy Spirit, partner with him, co-labor with him, collaborate with God and say, man, alone, I can't do this, but together, I'm going to do this with you. All right. So the question is, what goal does God want to co-labor with you? Obviously, in business, there are business goals, right? But what I find often is we get so stuck in working on these business goals that we forget that God also has these goals that are going to change everything in our business. They're not directly correlated to our business, but they kind of are because it's like this, you know, recently in this last really year and a half, uh, I've, I've done a lot of work around this, a lot of coaching myself and had some, you know, have my coach kind of help me. What is my issue with working out and eating healthy again? Like I've gained some weight. I don't feel as good. I don't have as much energy. You know, I, all these things. And so what I realized and my husband and I were talking about, it, and he's like, yeah, he's like, man, he's like, you know, you, everything else works better when you feel better, right? Your my, my energy is up. I'm excited to wake up in the morning. I usually get more quiet time because I'm already up doing the workout, all the things. My health is better. 
my sex life is better. I don't, you know, I don't like want to not be naked with my husband. Like all the things I'm a better mom because I feel healthy and I'm making good choices and I'm feeding my kids. And it's that one thing. I also do better in my business because I feel good. So it's like this thing that's not really attached to our business, but when we take care of it, ooh, it just overflows into all these other areas that is like, ah, I see God. I see why you would want me to put a little focus and attention on that thing. So I'm going to tell you three types of goals today. There's go-to goals foundational goals and want to goals. And I want to break these apart for you. All of these are important. And the types of goals you create in your business, they're very important. But I want to kind of give you a different spin on goal setting with God. Yes, take it to him. Whatever you have for your business, your business plan, take quarterly, weekly, whatever that looks like for you, take it to him. And if you stick around on one of the days, I'm going to share with you uh, the, the business meeting with heaven. It's, it's revised by the way, if you've joined it before, I just got to work with an amazing group of women and we kind of revised it and edited it a bit to like really continue to fit better in what we want to do. But goal setting with God and having business meetings with the Lord on a regular basis are really important. And those are specific to goals. God also cares about other areas of your life. And so let's talk about these different areas. Philippians 3.14 says, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I ain't turning back. I'm not turning back. So what are these goals? You want to be running toward the goal that God has for you and know that when you work on that, everything else is going to get better. So go-to goals. These are the goals you tend to focus on naturally. You find joy in working toward them. And you're almost always thinking about these goals and continuously improving in this area. For me, raise your hand. Say that's me below. If your go-to goals are almost always tied to business. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. I love working on my business. I can ignore my kids. I can ignore my husband. I can like just, I could work literally seven days a week. And there was a season of my life where I did. And the Lord was like, hey, I can accomplish more in one, you know, in your nothing and you're resting in me than you can in your seven days of hustling and grinding and doing it in your own strength. So when I started to hand over my goals to the Lord, I realized while these are my go-to goals, they might not always be God's go-to goals for me. And so the goal is to understand, God, I have these things, I'm holding them there, and I trust that when I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, that I'm going to get this and everything else that I absolutely would ever need. I'm going to get whatever I need. And it's not like God's a genie and we just do the things so we get something from him. Don't hear me wrong on that. What I'm saying is when our hearts are doing what he's asking us to do, he gives us more than we could ever ask or imagine. So these are the goal two goals, right? These are the things that you're just like super quick to be like, yes, let's do that all day long. God knows you're wired like that. So it's on, don't shame yourself. Get curious. Why are those your go-to goals? Are you avoiding something else? Are you trying to not work on that? This is the next kind, foundational goals. These are often the forgotten or neglected goals. However, they're usually really important and essential to that overflow. They have the biggest gap between where you are and where you want to be. Here's the key, and this is what you're going to do in your workbook today. Bridging this gap often makes the other goals easier and sometimes not even any longer necessary. This is for me, the health, right? Getting my health in check, getting back to my regular workouts and getting back to my eating cleaner. 
I'm not going to give up my coffee. Oh, actually, I have given up coffee uh, different seasons, but I feel like I'm just like, someone asked me the other day, actually, a member of the Seek First, she's like, what is the one thing you will not give up? And I'm like, coffee and ice cream. Drop below. Let's have some fun. I want to hear you. What is the one thing you will not give up in order to like be considered healthy? What is that one thing? It just gives you pleasure and you like it. I don't think we have to give up everything. If God's asking you to, yeah, you give it up and you trust that he's going to replace it with something else better. But what I say is that for me, this is my health. I knew, no, this is foundational. This is really a foundational thing. And I avoid it often. And there's a whole slew of why. Um, but when I get this right, everything else seems to like fall into place. All right. Chips and dip. Yes. All right. Guac or salsa? Because I love chips and dip. And let me just tell you, Aldi has the best guacamole. It's the pineapple, like spicy one. It is the best. My girl, Mandy says ice cream. Oh, Bertha bacon. All right. Yes, girls. Let's have a retreat and let's have all the good food and Jesus. And it'll be so amazing. Retreats coming, by the way, if you're like, Ooh, I would love to get into room with these people. Yes, let's do it. All right. And this is your last one. This is the want to goals. These are the goals you want to achieve but they're not a priority in this season of your life. They require the least amount of work to achieve your ultimate goal. While they're important, they're just not in your top. Like they're just not, they're like, I wanna do it, but I don't really need to do that right now. Maybe for some of you, that's a certification. Hey, I would like to get certified. However, God's already called me to this. I don't need that in order to start doing the thing he's called me to do. I want to, and that's on the back burner. Maybe I'll do that later, but I'm gonna keep making progress and keep moving forward. So here are the 10 areas that I see in women who I've worked with over the last several years. These are all the different areas that I think are important and that oftentimes they can fall under any one of these categories. They can fall under the want to, the foundational, or the, or the go-to goals, right? And again, I think most of us are here because our business is exciting and we really want to make it work for many reasons. But I want you to look at this list. And I want you to say, wait, have I ever set goals in my life around my marriage? Have I ever set goals around my life with my children? Have I ever set goals around my life with my relationship with the Lord? Have I set goals around personal development, physical health, ding, 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 that's me, mental and emotional health, your business, your career, your finances. Listen, I've worked with so many people who want to make more money, but their finances are such a mess and so much debt and they're not stewarding what they already have. And they're despising the little when God's like, I, 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 I would give you more, but I want you to be, I want you to own it. I want you to do good things with it and steward it. Well, I've gone through seasons of this. Listen, God wants you to be debt-free, not just from your sins. He wants you to be debt-free financially. When we're talking about money. Thanks tomorrow. Don't miss this one. It's so good. Hobbies. Okay. Listen, someone needs to hear this. Have you ever set a goal around having fun? So many times as ambitious women who just want to do the thing and want to build a business. I remember a coach one time asking, what do you do for fun? What are your hobbies? And I broke down and sobbed in that coaching call because I literally could not answer her. And I realized that my business became my fun, my hobbies, and there's nothing wrong. I believe God wants us to have fun in what we do. But God also wants us to unplug, have joy outside of achieving things. He wants us to be a human being. Some of you need to have a goal setting in hobbies, fun and recreation and making room and making space for you to detach from the goals and the, the, the business side of things and have fun. And some of you, friendships, community, 
right? Have you ever set goals in this area? These are all good areas to work on. They all matter. They all are important. But getting clear on God, what area of my life, where is there a kink? Where is there something wrong, something off that if we could fix that, if we could work together, if you could refine this for me, that all the other things would work well. Most women come to me because they want to grow their business. And truth is, we rarely ever work on business. We work on everything else that impacts their business. It's why I really struggle with, do I call myself a business coach? But what I find is when I help them see, oftentimes it's this kind of stuff and or it's sin. It's like their heart's off. God's like, I, I, I want you to repent. I want you to change your mind about that. I want you to change how you're doing this. One of my clients just recently in the inner circle actually had a 117% increase in revenue. She has a very high end um, wedding venue. So you can imagine the revenue there, right? We're talking like a lot of money and she was wrestling with some things and she did one change of her heart, one change of her mind in a coaching call. And she had a 117% increase that had nothing to do with her marketing. It had nothing to do with her website. It had nothing to do with, you know, her, her facilities. It had nothing to do with that. But the increase came when she sought the face of the Lord, when she sought out his righteousness and the kingdom and what he was actually trying to show her. And then he's like, you're ready, baby girl. You're ready for it. So I want to help you identify what are the areas that you are neglecting? Here's a map. I love this map. This is a map of the Israelites exiting Egypt and getting to the promised land. You are on your journey to the promised land. Hopefully, and if you, again, if you don't know what those dreams are, please join me in Bloom Academy. Join Mandy and I in Bloom Academy and jo or join the inner circle and do it on your own. You could do that too. Figure out how to learn to dream with the Lord, what he's created you to do. That is so important. But those of you who already have that taste of, I taste and see that the Lord is good. There is a promised land waiting, waiting for me, flowing with milk and honey. I see it. I smell it. I taste it. I want it. And I'm not there yet. So if you read in the Old Testament, you might know the story already, but the Israelites tried several times to take the shorter routes, right? That's smart. You want on a road trip, you don't want to take the long way, you want to take the short way. And so they kept asking, they asked different kings and different people of the land, like, hey, can we take your road to get there quicker? And sometimes God would make, he made it impossible for them to do that. Because why? God wanted to take them the long way. Why do you think God does that? We talked a little bit about it yesterday, right? I believe it's because he is positioning and pruning us for the promise. Some of the positioning and some of the pruning comes in our goals. And it's the ones that have nothing to do with our business. So we know that the Israelites delayed their journey to the promised land by wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Listen, I would hate for you to spend so much time on your business working on the wrong goal when God is like, highlighting to you this area of your life. And he's like, can you, can you shift over here and focus on this a little bit? And what they do in the process, they complained. They got discouraged. In fact, they said like, I want to go back to Egypt. I want to be a slave again. And they were discouraged when the spies came back from spying on the land. Remember the 12 went into the land and Joshua and Caleb came back and said, it's a good report. But the other 10 said, it's bad. I love the Bible. It's so good. Oh, it's like a reflection of us. And so often we look at the Israelites, we're like, oh my gosh, again. And yet here we are again. Are we grumbling? Are we complaining? Or are we saying, God, what are you doing in this process? What are you pruning in me? 
What are you positioning me for? I'm here for it. Show me. So I want to ask you, could one of the reasons that you might be feeling like you're in the wilderness is because you're not working on the right goal and God's taking you the long way. Um, if you can follow the dotted lines, that's the way they went. They could have cut right across there, but that didn't happen. God took them the long way to position them and to prune them. So what are God's goals for you? What if the key to achieving your business goals is to work on something that has nothing to do with your business? And at the same time, it has everything to do with your business. My friend, success, if we define it by God's definition, right? Success, obedience, answering the call. Yes, God, I will do the scary thing. I will do the thing that maybe I don't even want to do. I'll do the thing that I don't even think matters. It's in your DNA and success by the world standards. Listen, many people in the Bible had a lot of wealth. So we can look at the wealth and, the, and, the, and, the, and they had platforms. They were kings, right? King David, King Solomon, wisdom, all these things. Like, But we cannot mistake somebody else's assignment for ours. But success, worldly and kingdom, it's in your DNA. God is not going to set you up for failure. Here's some verses that you can take a look at and you can dive into these. These are also in your workbook. Ask the Holy Spirit, show me what you're going to show me through this verse. This verse is often twisted. And I know people who really study um, the, uh, the, the concepts of verses, which is very important to understand like, wait, what is the con context of what we're talking? But I think Jeremiah 20 11 is pretty plain. God knows the plans he has for us. And they're, they're, good, they're good ones, right? They're good ones. So we can follow his plans, his goals. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Isaiah 41.10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Listen, I just had to tell my son the other day that you are fearless. And he was like, I am? In the eyes of God, he has created you in his image. Success in this area is in his DNA. Guess what? It's in yours too. You are fearless. We have got to start pumping ourselves, creating neural pathways that are rooted in truth. And I've got a hundred affirmations slash, and they're not really affirmations. They're declarations. Listen, our words have the power to speak life or death. So we want to start speaking, declaring, believing, and living truth in the word. I do have for you, if you haven't already got it, 100 declarations rooted in biblical truth. One of those, I am fearless. Not because fear isn't knocking at my door, but because I know that I am not going to come into agreement with whatever that thing is. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. You, my friend, have been called according to his purpose to love him, to honor, to be a human being and to do good things with him. Ephesians 2, 10, for we are God's masterpiece. And you can look at the, I love this because there's different translations, but masterpiece is handiwork. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Don't waste your time planning on doing things that God never wanted you to do. Figure out what goals God has for you. So your homework today is to print your workbook and take the time. I encourage you, this is gonna take a little time. I actually have you assess yourself in all 10 of these areas. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna create some goals. I think the worksheet says to create two goals and you're gonna just think of a goal that you could have. And again, remember there's different variations of this. Not all of them are gonna be the things that you're working on right now. And I'll, you'll figure out on the worksheet how you get to figure that out. You're gonna assess where you are now and where you wanna be. So for example, for me, I wanna be like a nine in my health. And I feel like I'm probably at a five. 
So the deficit there is four. Um, maybe another area of my life, personal development. I feel like I'm really good at that. Like my goal would be, you know, nine or 10, whatever. I feel like I'm pretty much a nine or 10. So I have, there's not a, the deficit's not there, right? So what you're going to do is you're going to assess all these different 10 areas of your life. And you're going to say, where are you? And where do you want to be? And what has the most deficit there? Where's the biggest gap, my friend? That is the area God is like, ding, 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 ding. Let's work on that. Let's work on that while we're continuing to work on our business and work on our business goals. Yes. And some of you, it might be business. Some of you maybe have been like working on, listen, some of you, and I went through a season of this, like I had a, a year and a half, two years where it was just me and the Lord. And my business hours literally looked like weeping at, in my Bible, watching prayer, like videos of pastors, um, doing Bible studies. That literally was my work and the Lord sustained my business because I was in a healing season. And then once you're healed and once the Lord wants you to come out of that, right, there's got to be action toward the other thing. So listen, all seasons matter. Ecclesiastes tells us there's a season for everything, everything. Assess where you are now. Ask the Lord, okay, let's let's figure out where's the biggest deficit here. Where do you want me to work on the most? And that, my friend, is where you get to partner with the Lord, co-labor, collaborate with the Lord and say, yes, we're going to work on this. And I trust that when I work on this, because you've showed me an area of need. And when I seek your face and when I seek your kingdom and say, what are you speaking about of this area of my life that you want to show me? What does his righteousness, he's perfect. Like, what does he look like in this area that I'm going to get everything, everything else is going to be taken care of. So that is your homework. Who's excited? Tell me below, comment in the comments. I'm excited. Some of you were like, oh, I know this might be a little bit painful. Listen, most of my clients, they cry uh, because we're getting to the heart of the matter. We're getting to the root of the weeds and the lies and the, and the, and the pains and the traumas and different things that um, have been holding them back. And in that, friend, there is freedom. There is freedom. Jesus came to set you free. And that isn't just free from hell. That is free from fear, free from condemnation, free from Everything that you can think of, Jesus came to pay that price to set you free. Don't be afraid to look at the hard things and get curious about the feelings you're having about the things that God wants to work you on. Don't, don't be afraid to get in there and be like, why don't I want to work on this? Because <sighs> maybe God's going to do something awesome and change my life. All right. I hope this was valuable to you. Oh, yay. Someone already said, it. I already have my answer. Woohoo. Yes, Lord. Um, Yes. Kelly's like, I've got some work to do. And, and in that work, you're going to be a human being. You're going to abide in Christ. You don't have to strive. You're going to abide. All right. Tomorrow, day three, kingdom money mindset. If you thought today was good, you are going to love tomorrow. I'm going to rock your world with teaching you how God really talks about money. Because it was so many Christians are holding themselves back from making more of it because they have some wrong misconceptions about it. So we're going to talk a lot about that. So Awesome. Y'all, if you want to stick around, I'm going to share a little bit about the inner circle again, just to remind you what you can be part of. If you like today's lesson and you want more of this and you want a vault of content like this and a community of other women who are like, yes, this resonates with my spirit, then I want to invite you to become a member of the inner circle. What is that? Um, and if anything, if you, uh, I will see you tomorrow, but for those of you who want to stick around and like, yes, tell me a little bit more. What is this inner circle? The inner circle is a coaching, mentoring, and discipling community for kingdom entrepreneurs. 
I am going to come in and I have a team of amazing women. We are going to give you coaching every single week. So you come to me and you're like, hey, I know the plan. I know what I should be doing, but I can't figure it out. Well, I'll help you. I'll help you figure it out. You can sign up for the coaching sessions every week. So we do those every single week. We have coaching sessions. In addition to the coaching sessions, we have weekly, some kind of a workshop. Once a month, I come in and I give you some fire like this and I lay some foundations for you as a kingdom entrepreneur, things that you know, you're not really going to learn in a business conference. However, I know that it's important, kind of like today. There are things that are really crucial to your success, and sometimes they get overlooked in the marketplace. And so I bring those to the forefront to say, hey, have you, have you thought about this? Some examples of that are reading your Bible. That is foundational. Some examples of that is prayer. And next level prayer, like private prayer language. Do you have your own private prayer language with the Lord? The speaking perfect prayers, that's in there. You know, check that out. Um, anointing your house. Have you ever done that? Anointing yourself. Have you ever done that? These are crucial. We are anointed. We are set apart. We are consecrated for him. Are we treating ourselves like the kings and the royal priesthood that we are so that when we operate our business, we're actually operating from a good, from the best place, right? So there's a lot of those types of lessons. And then every month I bring in guest experts. We've had um, different things like copy, um, social media, all the things that, listen, I know, but I'm not, I'm not saying they're my, they're my forte and they're not really my passion to teach on. So I'm going out and finding the experts in these areas and bringing them in and they are doing lessons for you. So every month you're going to get business tools, business trainings. You're also going to get spiritual and the emotional and the, like, the discipling, mentoring side of things. And then we also, we, we do all sorts of other stuff. Um, prayer. There are bonus things. You can join Bible studies. You can join book clubs. You can join masterminds. There's just literally, I've created this. This is what I wish I had eight years ago. And so the Lord said, well, you didn't have it. So create it. Let's do it. Let's co-create this thing. And so as um, we are doing it, I mean, there's just some amazing things happening. You can become a member today for $47. I have a whole other story about pricing. Um, I think that's something else we really wrestle with in the entrepreneur space. How much do I charge for this, right? There's that one side of not charging your worth and feeling like you're not worthy. And there's like, ah, there's the other side of charging too much. Listen, just because you can't charge for it because she charges that much doesn't mean that that's what God's asking you I know that God is doing a movement here. This is a movement. This is revival in your hearts and your minds so that you can have revival in your business and you can have revival in your towns and your cities and in your, in your life so that you can really impact the people who you're called to serve in a greater way that you can actually do the work like Jesus did in the gospels. Not just to get people into heaven, but to show people what heaven actually looks like. So I wanted to make it affordable. It's $47 a month. You get weekly group coaching, monthly workshops with me, industry experts, monthly networking events. That's probably one of my favorite things to see all the talent in this group. And again, this is a season where God's teaching us how to collaborate and work together as the body of Christ. Um, you get access to a vault of content, has hours and hours of things. You get most of the programs I've ever created. You get them in there as well. And you also get discounts to one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, and retreats, $47. And then as a bonus, I had mentioned earlier in today's uh, lesson, if you are kind of wrestling with what is my purpose, what is my calling, you actually get my Bloom Academy. I did this with a group of women over the last several years. And so I knew that God wanted me to make it available to women. Um, so this is a DIY version of it. You do it on your own. And then if you want to upgrade and do it with a coach, we have that coming as well. But you get the access right now as soon as you sign up. You also get business, business tree blueprints. 
Um, you get the Bloom Your Business Bundle. You get a couple other things. They're just, they're just right there for you that you can do them at your own pace. All of this, again, is for $47. So if you want to become a member, you can sign up today. And we would love to see you on the inside. We meet every Wednesday at noon Eastern and every Friday at noon Eastern. And then we have other bonus events that you can join. So we'd love to see you on the inside. Guys, I hope you had a great day. I hope you learned something. I hope the Lord just spoke to you exactly what you needed. And I can't wait to hang out with you tomorrow to talk about money mindset.